From the University of South Florida in Tampa, you're listening to Upload Download with James Hatton. On this edition of Upload Download, we are talking with Karen Dansby. How are you doing, Karen? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be on the podcast today. Yeah, it's fun to have. I always like to have teachers on, and I really like having elementary school teachers on because I think that uh, elementary school teaching online is really fascinating. You've got so many uh, things that are moving around teaching online to little kids, as opposed to college kids, graduate students, and even the high schoolers. They kind of are self-sufficient in many ways, but but there's a, it takes a community to teach a first grader online. <laughs> it absolutely does. And yeah. um, I teach first grade. So most of my students are six and seven years old yeah. um, and they don't have technology at home. So teaching online has definitely been an experience. Um, one of the great things about where I work um, in Hillsborough County is we were able to distribute laptops to families that had Internet at home. And if they didn't have Internet at home, we worked really hard to help them get the Internet at their house so that the learning could continue. Did, did a lot of that. We'll get to your introduction here in just a second. But I have a quick question about that. Sure. So was the Internet that you arranged for them, was that either that they got it hooked up at their house when they didn't? previously or were they on a hot spot or how, how did you get that to them? Um, so a lot of our families um, couldn't afford to get the internet services um, and Spectrum came out with um, the opportunity that if you had a child in school, they were offering free internet for your house. But a lot of our parents didn't know how to call and get that set up. Right. So they would call the school and they would be like, hey, I just don't understand the process. Can you help me? And so our um, secretaries, um, the ELL department um, worked tirelessly um, calling on three-way calls with Spectrum and the family to help them set up um, internet for their house um, so that their children could access um, online learning through Clever and Edsby, which is what we use in Hillsborough yeah. County. Um, and so it's, you know, now we're starting week four and 24 out of 25 of my kids now have internet at their house. They have a laptop. Um, and so we're able to get them ready um, for that online learning portion. Um, if they weren't able um, to, we also created packets so that the learning could continue for all grade levels. So K-5 at our school, um, the teachers collaborated um, and we created a packet for each grade level. And so we've been using packets and online technology yeah. since um, the first week of our e-learning. Um, and it's been great. Parents have been able to help support the learning experience and the teachers have come beside the parents to be able to help answer those questions um, and still be there for their students. Uh, wow, that is it's like it really is like the village is taking care of everybody, taking care of each other. Really, it sounds like such a collaborative effort. Um, but let's let's do let's introduce you a little bit. Um, why don't you tell Tell everyone uh, and, and tell me a little bit about yourself, where you teach, and uh, your background. So this is my 11th year as an educator. I have always worked in Hillsborough County. Um, I've always worked at a Title I school. Um, I currently work at a Title I achievement school. Um, there are about 50 achievement schools in our district. Um, and so basically we work with a lot of families um, and not just the students because we want to support the community. Um, and so where I work, um, we are considered a community school. We have a community school coordinator. We have a 
um, principal, we have two assistant principals, we have all the teachers, we have paras, we have the custodians and the lunchroom staff, and we really literally all work together to meet the needs of our families and our students. Um, we have a saying at our school, five houses, one heartbeat. Yeah. Um, so at our school, there are houses just like at Ron Clark Academy, just like at Hogwarts. Uh -huh. um, when you come to our school, you get sorted into a hat, um, into a house. And so like I'm in the house of courage, I'm in the blue house, which is perfect because, you know, according to Hogwarts, I'm also in Ravenclaw. So blue and blue, works <laughs> out perfectly. And um, so we have five houses. We have the house of courage. Um, we have the house of determination, the house of loyalty, the house of perseverance and the house of respect. And so the saying at our school is five heartbeat or five houses, but one heartbeat. And we're in a competition, just like in the Hogwarts story or at Ron Clark Academy, like our kids work hard. We try to earn points. We want to earn that party. But at the end of the day, we're all Mort Manatees and we all work together to achieve the dream of helping our students be successful. And so, you know, when e-learning was thrown in our laps we were like, all right, what do we need to do to get this done for our kids and our family? And how can we continue meeting their needs? Um, at our school, we have a food pantry um, for our families so that if they need help and can't buy groceries, they can come and get food from the food pantry. Um, we fought for our school to be one of the um, grab and go food sites because the majority of our families don't have cars. They walk everywhere or they ride a bike. And so having food at the school readily available for them to walk up and grab was like our first priority. Then we rolled out the learning because if a child is hungry and they're thinking about when am I going to eat again, learning's the last thing on their mind. And so really making sure that we're not just teaching our students, but we're reminding them that we love them. We're there for them. And it's all about relationship. And that's been the biggest thing that we have tried to do as a school. And we've tried to um, allow the community to feel that as well. Do you think it's, uh, it sounds a little cynical, I guess, in a way to say this, but I'm not, I don't mean it to sound this way, but do you think it's working? Do you think it's, it's really drawing people closer? It's, it's weird. Like in distance, you're gonna, you almost get closer as a community because, because you are having that kind of interaction with them with not just the students, you're getting the, the families. It sounds like you're interacting with them relatively uh, a, a lot of a lot of time relative lot of time I don't know how I'm saying that but you get what I'm saying <laughs> so in the past weeks the grab and go was you came every day and got food mm -hmm. and one of our um, either principal or assistant principal would be out there with our lunchroom staff in their protective gear um, handing out food to these families um, we had um, Cindy Stewart who is a school board school board member has come and given out food at our um, school we have other business partners that have volunteered time coming out and um, they just changed it to where on Mondays you will go pick up a snack and then on Wednesday you pick up food for an entire week right. um, so they're trying to limit the amount of days that um, our staff is exposed, um, yeah. obviously, because we are in uncertain times and you never know anything could happen. Um, but the simple fact that the families are coming, they're, they're coming and they're so grateful. Um, and I'll get a text message or an email. Hey, I saw one of your students today. They said to tell you hi. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> one of the one of the kids um, that came through is in a friend of mine's class in first grade. 
And she asked my assistant principal, Miss Snellgrove, can you please tell Miss Gray that I said hello? And Miss Snellgrove whipped her cell phone right out and said, baby, you can just call her right now. <laughs> and, and so that's the kind of school that I work at. And that's the kind of you know, impact that we have that even though we can't physically be with our kids, our kids know that we still care about them. And yeah. I think that's what's so great. And it seems like it would just really, I guess what I was trying to say is it seems like it would have strengthened that bond or created a bond that didn't exist with the, the parents, that yeah. that the parents and guardians and, you know, the, the kind of support for the, the child has almost, uh, it's like everything kind of came together instead of, oh, I see you at parent-teacher conferences and that's about that's about it uh yeah. now it's it's we're working together I'm, I'm helping you help the child with their homework in some way shape or form we've helped you get internet or or just you know just support just you know we're, we're not everybody needed internet so and didn't right. need food so even just checking in on them is is much more than as most classroom teachers would have done anyway with the parents just to check in. And I think it's really kind of created this bond with the school that is really going to be difficult to ever break, which is a really good thing. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely think that in this time of uncertainty that it definitely has strengthened that bond because when I call my families, I'm not just calling to check on my kids. I'm calling to check on how are the parents? Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Um, I have single parents who are still working, who have older children that stay home with their kids. I have, um, parents who've lost their jobs. Um, I have kids that have extreme anxiety because of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's definitely been, um, a new role. Um, I no longer just have to think about how are my students doing, but I need to think about how are their families? What can I do to help support them? Um, a lot of times the parents just need to hear that they're doing a good job because yeah. they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. We need them to go back to school because you're the teacher and you yeah. know how to handle this. Um, I was on the phone with one of my parents and the kid literally said, I hate school. And the mom's like, don't say that. I'm on the phone with your teacher. And they were like, oh, I love my teacher. I want to see my teacher, but I don't like the school thing, mom. And so... <laughs> You know, even though they can't go to school, I was able to talk to that kid and be like, listen, I'm still looking at what you're doing on your online lesson. I'm still counting how many hundreds the class gets because we're going to have a huge celebration. Um, and it was right after that that we found out we would be e-learning the rest of the rest year. Of the and year. so I have all of their addresses. And so for every kid that earns a 100 on their iReady Math or iReady Reading score, we're going to have a big big blowout and I'm going to be mailing them things in the mail um, yeah. as their prizes because I want to continue to encourage that love of learning and I don't want them to hate school because it's gotten challenging and I'm not there to help them. Right, right. I want them to still love learning. Yeah. And I think down that's what every teacher wants. They want their kids to still love learning even though learning looks different now. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I mean I think what you're saying and what you're telling us and what I've been hearing um, is that there's there really is this kind of it's it's like suddenly everybody realized that teachers are like that that they will do anything that they will you know go through walls for their kids and and I, I don't know where in society that the the message got to be something different than that 
um, I think a lot of it's political, quite frankly. I think that there's a lot of education bashing that happens in political arenas, either true political arena or politics of some other, you know, interpersonal sort. But the reality is if you're in a school and I was, I, I was a public school teacher for a long time that there is almost nobody that is contrary to what you're saying. You know, everybody does care about those families, the, the, the kids, the, they, and it's killing these teachers to be away from these students that they've established this bond with. Um, it, it probably is hurting the, the teachers more than even some of these little kids, just because you really do care about them. And yeah. it's, we don't talk about that enough. I don't think even in the college of education, we don't, yeah. we don't talk about things like that, but well, it's and, really and the, the truth. Of education doesn't prepare you for the emotional journey that you take right. as a teacher. Um, they prepare you to be a teacher, but emotionally your first year teaching is on the job training. Yeah. Um, and so I've been educating in Hillsborough County for 11 years. And if you had told me in August that my last year in the classroom, I would end being an online teacher, I would have told you you were crazy. Yeah. Um, next year, I'm switching positions. I will still be at my school, but I'm changing positions. I'm going to be the tech resource teacher at my school. And so I don't have my own classroom next year. Um, I'll be working with everybody in the school, teachers, um, parents, students. Um, and so changing roles and knowing that right before spring break was my last time to hug my kids goodbye and tell them that I love them is soul crushing because I mean, I have 25 students. I love every single one of them. I can tell you a silly story or something memorable about every single one of them. And so what I try to do is every week of e-learning, I call every single family. And um, so Wednesday, I call 20 kids. And on Thursday, I call five students. And then the rest of the week, um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I do my group lessons. And so all day Wednesday, I get to talk to my kids. We read a book together. We talk about how we're feeling. We talk about how much we miss each other. And that gets me through my week because I can hear their voice. And a lot of them, they get on Zoom or I FaceTime them or I've even done Facebook Messenger with their parents because Mm -hmm. they couldn't figure out Zoom and they didn't have FaceTime. You know, at this time, you really just have to do whatever your parents need to connect. How long are those sessions when you when you call a student like that? So I usually spend about 20 minutes with each kid. Um, So my day starts on Wednesday at 820 in the morning and I'm on the phone until six o'clock at night. And then on Thursday, um, I teach a Zoom session at 9 a.m., 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. And so whatever kids can join, join in. And then I spend the rest of my time that afternoon starting at three o'clock. I call the other five kids. In fact, um, one family was like, hey, I'm not available. Can you call me at 830 at night? So I call at 830 at night. And I have another parent that's like, hey, nine o'clock on Thursday night is the only time I'm available. Can you call then? So doing e-learning is no longer, you know, a set schedule. Mm-hmm. I, I have to be flexible so that I can talk to those kids. And, you know, I talk to my friends who aren't teachers and they're like, you need to set some boundaries. Your parents need to stop (laughs) contacting you at all hours of the day. I said, you don't understand. I said, those are my children. 
I said, I don't have kids of my home of my own. Those are my kids. Those are my heartbeats out there. And I need to make sure that they're okay. And, and that's, and that's online education. I mean, that, yeah. that really is what it's, I, I've taught online now for a long time. I'm, I don't know, I'm probably close to my 10th year of teaching online now. And yeah. that is what it feels like. That is what it's like. And, you know, I had a friend who was a, a teacher. He started teaching with me back when I first started teaching. And he used to say that, you know, people give him grief. They'd be like, oh, you get, oh, really tough to be a teacher. You get summers off and you get Christmas vacations all this long. You know, they kind of talking to him like that. And he said, yes. And I knew what I'd get paid too. He, yeah. he said, I knew what the, I knew what I was getting myself into when I took this job. And you knew what you were getting into when you became a computer programmer. So yeah. are we going to talk any more about that or not? And, um, and what's kind of the reason I bring that up is that, uh, you know, that there, that, that is the, you know, what you were getting yourself. I guess you, you didn't, uh, I guess the, all the K-12 teachers that were thrown into online didn't, but they did know that they were going to be involved in people's lives, that mm -hmm. they were going to educate them no matter what. You know, come hell or high water, and we're at high water right now. Oh yeah, we're treading, <laughs> and, we're treading water. Right. So, so you know, we knew that. We all knew that as teachers that if if called upon, you would do something. And and here we are. And you 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 can set some boundaries, but you also don't want to be like, well, the only time I was going to talk to this kid was eight thirty at night. Of course, you're going to talk to that kid at eight thirty at exactly. night. Exactly. We've got to get them through this school year. And, and then we'll regroup in whatever way we're going to regroup, whatever that looks like and whenever that looks like. And then we will forge on as educators. And that, I mean, it sounds like a little uh, battle cry that I'm rallying everybody around. But Absolutely. it really is the truth. I, 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 I don't know a lot of teachers who would just be like, nope, my, my union written day begins at 8 a.m. and it ends at 3.30 p.m. And that is my day. And I get an hour lunch or something, you know, whatever. That, well, and it's not funny because uh, I am the CTA rep for my school. So <laughs> I do know our contract and I do know what's required. But, you know, I don't think that any educator gets in the game for the money, for the summers off, for the holidays off. Because when we have time off of school, all I can think about is, are my kids eating right now? Yeah. Did I send them home with enough snacks? You know, are they going to come back and have a good story to tell or are they going to be miserable for two weeks over winter break while I am enjoying spending time with my family and going on vacation? Right. Like that's the kind of things that educators think about. I always tell my friends, I said, listen, I didn't become a teacher because I was going to be a millionaire. I said, I became a teacher because I wanted to make a difference in the lives of others. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt you are. I'm going to just say that right now before I forget to say that, that, yeah. uh, you know, and those pats on the back come few and far between too. So I want to make, make sure that whenever I can, I say that to teachers, especially in this instance, I mean, you, that is, that is, I don't know. It's, it's civil service. I don't even know what to call that. Uh, you know, when they talk about heroic things you see all these nurses and the doctors and they talk about the first responders right now but they're it's it's in the same boat if you're strapping on uh protective gear to give people food at your school to educate the kids so that they can can continue through their journey of life i mean how is that not heroic <laughs> absolutely and you know we couldn't do it without our lunchroom staff yeah. Um, we couldn't have school without our custodians. And so many people want to talk about just teachers, but it yeah. literally takes every position. 
if our secretaries and our ELL paras had not called and helped those families get internet, who knows what would have happened. Right. If our custodians weren't working tirelessly to clean our building so that one day we can return, then what's the point? Like it literally, like you said, takes a village. And so today we were told that um, our school um, was actually given award, an award from USF. Um, and so we got the Good Neighbor Community Partner Award for reaching out to the community and helping the community during this difficult time because we have people who come to our school to get food who don't even go to our school just because they live closer to us than their school. Mm -hmm. And maybe their school wasn't a grab and go place and they would have to drive farther away. Um, and so we're not just ministering to our Mort students. We literally are ministering to the entire community. Um, I am in the EDD program at USF and I'm getting my doctorate in program innovation with an emphasis in technology. And right now, all I can say is, thank goodness for technology, because if this had happened 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had the capability to Zoom with our students. We wouldn't have had the capability to use Microsoft Teams or Google Meets. We wouldn't have had that chance. We would have had a phone and that would have been our only option. Uh, there probably so, would have been a lot more of what you described earlier with the, the, the few students that you have left that, that don't yeah. have internet connections. It would have been true distance learning and it would have been correspondence courses. It would have been fill yeah. out these worksheets and send them send them back to me. And, yeah. Um, Luckily, their parents can take pictures of them so that I don't have to touch their paper. Right. Well, that, yeah. that I mean, that too. I mean, you know, there's a lot of logistics that technology is really, really... Yeah. I don't know. It, it's really something what, what we're able to pull off right now. Um, and, and school districts had certain things in place for them yep. to say, okay, we have an idea for you at least uh -huh. instead of, okay, we're going to try and start up our servers today. They, they were running. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. And, so and thankfully, there's blips, but there's my goodness, what a, what an endeavor. <laughs> thankfully in Hillsborough County, like the, the, they've been great. They're like, Hey, we've got a contingency plan. We have some e-lessons that you can use. Yeah. We do have online learning. Um, you can make a packet for your kids, whatever you can do to reach them and make sure learning is still happening. That's great. Um, we have um, some great guidance counselors at our school who created a social and emotional learning packet mm -hmm. that the kids picked up the first week of school. Um, and it was a journal. How are you feeling today? Tell me why, what can make you feel better? And my parents are sending me pictures of their journal and most of them are, I'm worried. Well, why are you worried? Because we're not in school right now and I'm worried that I'm going to get sick. Well, what mm -hmm. can make you feel better? And some of them have literally said, I feel better when my, my teacher calls me. Yeah. And so yeah. even if I was on a sick bed where I was literally miserable, I would do whatever it took to call those kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. You're making me emotional. <laughs> I'm making myself emotional right now. Well, we're getting to the end of this segment, but obviously we could continue this discussion again and hopefully we'll get to. But I want you to give me, as we kind of uh, leave this episode of the podcast, why don't you give me two things that you've learned that you didn't know before uh, since you've been put online as an online educator now? And they can be whatever. It can be in whatever realm you want. Two things you've learned. So probably one of the most important things I learned is that the bonds we created in the classroom continued even though we're not physically together. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, when I jump on my Zoom chats with my students and they see each other, the smiles and the excitement in their voice when they see their classmates is priceless because that tells me that I really did create a family with my kids. And so that's probably been the biggest thing I've learned is that even if they didn't know how to add and subtract that day, they learned how to be a community of learners. And that has continued because when I'm doing my online teaching and I ask a question, if I call on a student's name, the other kids are like, you can do this. We believe in you. You're awesome. And so the encouragement that they give one another through this time has been priceless. That's the biggest takeaway I have. Probably the second thing that I learned is that even though I have my own 25 kids, that doesn't mean that I can't reach out and help other kids or other teachers during this time. Um, And so on the first grade team, we collaborate. And so we record videos in English and Spanish in every subject. Um, So I do the fun read aloud for the week with um, a ELL para who helps do the Spanish portion. We have someone else that collaborates and does math. We have the reading lesson. We have writing. We have science. And so it really has brought the first grade team closer together because we're not just teaching our kids now, we're teaching all of first grade together. And that's been really powerful. Oh, it's fantastic, Karen. And, uh, you know, I I wasn't a part of giving out the award to Mort Elementary, but I, if I were, I would have voted for it. Thank you. If I had an award to give out from my podcast, I'd give one to you because it's been very inspiring and, and you're doing great work out there. So I, I want to acknowledge that and tell you that, you know, keep it up, keep your chin up. Not much left of this, so we'll get through it and uh, just keep taking care of those kids for us. Absolutely. And, you know, thank you so much for allowing me to come on and share a little bit of my story. Follow, upload, download on iTunes or SoundCloud. Also follow me on Twitter at Jim underscore Hatton, H-A-T-T-E-N.